Welcome, Jamsters, to the Mid-Season Jammy Awards. This is John, this is Matthew, and we're here, now that the, the All-Star break is officially over, to talk about the Mid-Season Jammies. Even though we are 58 games through the middle of the season, uh, it's not really the Mid-Season Jammies, but it's the All-Star break. It's that time where everybody takes a step back. We don't have any basketball games to watch, so we thought it would be a good idea to go over our preseason Jammy picks, update them for where we're at for the midseason and prepare for you know everything that lies ahead so welcome to the sun's jam session podcast and matthew how you doing this evening bud i'm good you know we're giving the jamsters what they want we saw in the comments how they're like jammies are we doing the jammies this year the midseason and we kind of were like yeah i guess we got to now for sure right when they're asking about it we got to do it. And I'm excited to be here, John. I can't, this is just, it's a fun pod, right? Usually these pods are fun, but this one's extra fun. Just it's stupid and ridiculous. And it, it means yes. a lot to us. <laughs> yeah. The jammies, for those of you who don't know, it's like the Grammys, you know, the big award, but this is for the, the sun's jam session podcast. So uh, we have a lot of really fun and goofy awards, uh, a lot of different takes on the NBA and kind of where we are at relative to the NBA. So it's fun to look at it through those lens. And and one of the reasons I've always loved the midseason jammies is we get to see how right, but especially how wrong we were when <laughs> oh, we recorded yeah. the, the jammies on October 18th. I mean, it's now February 22nd, 2-2-2-2-2 Tuesday, all those twos in the date. So just a, a mere five months ago it's fun to see how unbelievably off we were dude yeah but we might have a little bit of an excuse this year because of the injuries i feel like two big names out there so i feel like we can kind of get away with it this year maybe a little bit but when you're right with the one pick it feels good you know yes yes play that over and over again and i went through and i watched the original episode just to remember some of the picks and some of our takes, because like I have in my notes what we picked, but it's interesting to go back and watch the conversations around the why, like why did we pick that? And there's one thing I got to report that I was very happy is at the very end of our jammy podcast, our preseason jammy podcast, we both had one hot take for the season. And we were both right on our hot take thus far this season. So we'll get to that at the back end of this podcast. Uh, but again, okay. thank you to anybody who's joining us as as our one of our loyal listeners. Fabio says in the chat, this is the only awards that matter. Uh, here, here. I agree. So subscribe. So rate. So review. Hit thumbs up. Do all that fun stuff. This is the jammy. So without further ado... I'm going to pop open again. I'm up here in Folsom, California. Anchor Brewing is not too far from here. Uh, That's out of San Francisco. This is a crisp Pilsner I will be drinking tonight. Matthew, I'm guessing you're going with a water tonight. I got the jug of wine tonight, dude. Let's go. Jug of wine. Matthew's getting toasted. I'm popping open Mm. beers. And we're handing out some hardware. It's not hardware yet. This is just mid-season version. But still, enjoy this part. The Jammies. 
the jammies and one of the best intros we got. And Fabio yeah. asked the question, John, are you wearing a tuxedo shirt in a hotel room? Yes. Yes, I am. That's how important the jammies are. <laughs> traveling here <laughs> traveling here to Folsom, California, I make sure made sure that I packed my tuxedo shirt just for these jammies. That's how dedicated we are. Took it to the dry cleaners and all that, right? To make sure it looks yes. nice and crisp. Make sure it looks good. Looks uh, so so let's let's start off with the first piece of hardware. The Acid Jeans Award for the most washed player, aka how is this guy getting minutes? All right, the Acid Jeans Award. Uh, just so everybody's aware, for the Suns, both Matthew and I picked Alfred Payton. Matthew, uh-huh. who is who is for? And, and as a reminder, we do this not only for the Suns but yeah. for the NBA as well. So we both picked Alfred Payton. Is that where you still stand halfway through the season, or is there somebody you know, else who's the- taken <laughs> your heart? The way things have been play, playing out for the Suns, um, you know, Alfred Payton's been a name, like a Landry Shaman, where we don't really want him to pick up the minutes. But now it's kind of, we he's a little bit valuable, right? Well, Javon Carter just got picked up by the um, by the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks, yeah. So Suns will probably not be getting another point guard. So I'm going to just switch that up. If we're going to go Suns, it's another guy coming back. You know, I hope he plays great. And I just mentioned him before, Landry Shaman. That guy, if he can come in and just, you know, make a difference the way he's supposed to, that's fine. But the minutes are going to be there. That's what's so tough right now because you're thinking about injuries and everything and how the Suns team is so deep. So if I had to choose just one person, it's going to be Landry Shaman. And I don't even really mean that, right? This one's tough because it's a Suns player and how deep they are. Yeah, as I wrote in who I'm giving it to for the Suns, I actually wrote I got no one because we need everyone right now. Like Alfred Payton is the one, in my opinion, who would still have the Acid Jeans Award for the most washed player on the Phoenix Suns. But like he's going to get minutes and we need him to be valuable in those minutes. And ultimately, I don't necessarily think he's washed. I mean, he serves a role and he fills that role perfectly. It's not sexy. It's frustrating at some, at times, but it's still effective in the increased minutes that we are expecting to see from Alfred Payton with Chris Paul out. I expect him to kind of continue to do what he does. He does he doesn't shoot threes. He's a decent distributor of the ball. He's somebody who can rebound. I mean, he, he gets close to triple double numbers, so he definitely has an impact. You know, a washed player is somebody who is out there, and you're like, dude, why is this guy out here? Like, this guy's garbage. Uh, who who is like your pick for the NBA, and that's Trevor Ariza. You picked Trevor Ariza at the beginning of the season, and I said the Lakers. Do you stand by Trevor Ariza, or do you have somebody new? I don't even know if Trevor Ariza played one minute this year. I'm sticking with him in the future, this next year coming up, the year after that. I'm choosing Trevor Ariza even if he's not playing in the NBA. So that's always going to be my pick. It'll go down. It'll pretty, pretty much. It's going to be changed to the Trevor Ariza award, right? We'll just yes. eventually just change it to that, but maybe another guy. Um, oh yeah. Parker Hines is say the NBA, uh, Kimba Walker, you know, that's a good mm. one too, but there's no one else, but Trevor Ariza really for this award for me. So I think that obviously we'll have the end of year jammy awards after the Suns win the finals this year. But as we enter yeah. the 
22-23 season, yeah, we'll probably rename this award the Trevor Rees Award because he's hung around way too long, and he's been washed yeah. for way too long. Uh, but I'm, I'm also going to stick with my preseason pick of the Lakers. In my opinion, when the preseason began and we were handing out the jammies, I said it was going to be the Los Angeles Lakers because I believe that the, they holistically as a team were washed, and they've proven that this year. You know, you take a look at where they currently stand at the All-Star break. They're 27-31. and 31. They're the ninth team in the Western Conference. And, you know, AD went down again and, you know, was out four to six weeks. And, I mean, it's just there, there's no end in sight. And I think that, you know, again, as an entire team, they are a washed team. So uh, that's where I stand. And, again, you know, on the, on the Sun side, I just it, – it's too hard for me to pick at this point because, again, we need everybody to perform. The Skeleton Key Award for the player who unlocks everything for his team. Yo, boob. <laughs> All right, Matthew. <clears throat> Matthew, uh, uh, you picked preseason Devin Booker for the Suns and Clay yeah. Thompson for the NBA. How yeah. are we looking now on the Skeleton Key Award? Well, I'll start with the NBA. So Clay Thompson was kind of a sexy pick. I think when I said it, like, oh, okay, that makes sense, right? But then I also kind of just, I, when it came time to where Clay was coming back, I was just like, all right, this is not really working out. It's not gonna work out. A player that comes back to really when a player when a team's playing so well, like the Warriors were, and you have such a big piece coming back, it takes some time for them to implement them into what's going on. Even if it's just Clay Thompson, like one of the best shooters in NBA history. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to stay with Clay, of course, um, just because the way it's going right now, right? I kind of thought the Warriors would struggle, but it went totally opposite. So I was totally off on that one. Uh, I'm actually going to choose. There's two guys, all right? And you, Jamsters, you guys can choose. I went between Kyle Lowry with the Heat because they're flying under the radar. Talk about a disrespected team, but him going to Miami. And Draymond actually asked... um, he asked uh, Jimmy Butler during the game and sideline interview. He asked him, you know, what Kyle Lowry playing the point guard. Now Jimmy Butler can really play his position. And I think that's why they're playing so well this year. And Kyle Lowry brought a lot to that team this year. So I think that he is that guy NBA wise and also had on there Desmond Bain just for fun, because I am a big Memphis Grizzlies fan watcher. I think this guy, even with John Morant out, they went 10 and two in those 12 games he shots 45% from three. He helped carry that team a lot. And I think him and John Morant are right up there next to Chris Paul and Devin Booker as like the best backcourt in the NBA. The Suns, I'm going to still stick with Devin Booker just because of Chris Paul being hurt. Now it's up to Booker. And this later, earlier in the season, of course, it was probably Chris Paul for the first half of the season. But Booker, too, like I feel like was that guy, was a guy that can kind of play make a little bit, too. But it was mostly Chris Paul, but going to the later half of the season, it's going to be Devin Booker. It's going to have to be this, the him playmaking, unlocking everything for the team, everything that Chris Paul did. Not as much as him, but just a little bit to where he can wheel and deal with this game and kind of keep him on pace for that, what is it, 88 wins this year or something like that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think those are both really good picks. You know, Devin Booker, obviously... I don't know if up to this point of the season, he's been the skeleton key that's unlocked everything for this team, uh, but he's going to have to be moving forward with the CP3 injury. And Kyle Lowry's, that, I mean, that's a good one. I mean, the Miami Heat, 38-21, and 21, sitting atop the Eastern, or, yeah, the Eastern Conference at the All-Star break. Nobody talks about that team. I mean, and and perhaps, no, you know, 
the Suns don't get talked about enough in our eyes, but you're right. The heat don't get, I, I don't hear anything about the heat. So uh, I definitely think that those are two good picks uh, for the preseason. I selected JaVale McGee because I thought that he would be vital to the unlocking the second team unit for the Phoenix Suns. And I don't feel like I've missed with that pick, but I'm changing my midseason jammy. I'm going to change it to Mikhail Bridges because I think that he unlocks this team defensively. We really can go as Mikhail Bridges goes. When he has great offensive nights, those are the nights we blow out teams. It's when he has average to subpar offensive nights that it's a little bit more of a struggle for the Phoenix Suns. And of course, everything that he does defensively, he unlocks the defense for this team. Uh, from a NBA standpoint, I'm going to go with another team that sits atop the Eastern Conference. They also have a 38-21 record, and that's DeMar DeRozan for the Chicago Bulls. You know, obviously there was a lot of additions to that team this past offseason. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, I didn't expect him to play the way that he is, and now, especially with the injuries that they've had, he the the Bulls have stayed afloat. And it's because of the way that DeMar DeRozan drops 45 like it's nothing all of a sudden. So I really think that he's done a good job unlocking the potential of the Chicago Bulls and is essentially leading them past, you know, all those heavy hitters that everybody was talking about the East. It's the Heat and the Bulls who sit atop, you know, at uh, the All-Star break. Yeah, good pick, man. Honestly, I was going to go with someone with the Bulls. And of course, even with Lonzo Ball being out, and, uh, you know, it, it, you would think maybe they would lose some consistency in that offense, but he's picked it up too. DeMar can really do anything. And we, we saw him play against the Suns. You know, it's something that he went up another notch this year, I feel like, too. Absolutely. And my preseason pick was Lonzo Ball. So it's like I just picked the wrong bull when I gave out my scouting <laughs> yeah. key award. Yeah, but so. if he would have stayed healthy, you probably would have picked, you probably would have stayed with Ball, I right? I probably would have stayed maybe. with him just because I think that yeah. he does all those little things that help equate to that team's victory. But they're winning, you know, they, they won games without him. So again, you know, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, I think those are both fantastic picks. The Mad Max Most Improved Player Award. So the the I know every time every time I, I laugh. always laugh at this. Oh, that's such a <laughs> shitty movie. Uh, so for the preseason for the Phoenix Suns, I chose Landry Shamit as the most improved player, the Mad Max Award winner for the Phoenix Suns. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, you know, my whole case was that he was going to be in the right role for him to flourish. Although he didn't play for the Suns last year, uh, he will grow into his role and be a vital part of the Phoenix Suns success. Here we are 48 and 10 at the all-star break and Landry Shaman is dog shit. So maybe there's still opportunity <laughs> for him to come back in the last 24 games and uh, take down this hardware at the end of the season. Uh, but it's not, it's not happening so far this season. I'm actually going to give it to Cam Johnson uh, for the the first half of the season. I really think that, you know, I, I made a whole case on the, on the preseason jammies that I don't think that cam is going to make the jump this year. I think he'll make small improvements, but I was did not expect him to perform at the level that he has thus far this year. You know, obviously when he starts, he plays fantastic. Uh, he's done that 10 times this year, but I mean, you look at his points per game in all three years of his career rookie season, he had 8.8 .8. last season, 9.6. And he's jumped that by, 2.3 points this year. He's at 11.9 points per game. He's shooting uh, an astronomical 43% from beyond the arc. 
He's uh, rebounding the most he's ever rebounded by a rebound a game is 4.2 rebounds. And everything that Cam Johnson has done this season, uh, it is the most improved player for me. So that's who I got for the Suns. Who do you have for the Suns? And then I'll then you can tell me who you have for the NBA and I'll bounce back with my NBA guy. Okay. Uh, yeah, for the Suns, oh, it is by tough. By the way, what's up? real quick, you picked Cam Johnson at the beginning of the season. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to stick with that. It's my guy, but... I was thinking too, like the way Mikhail Bridges has really bloomed this year defensively. Of course, we probably thought maybe a second team defensive player, first team maybe, but defensive player of the year is really getting up there when they're doing the power rankings and I don't know, ESPN's releasing the things where they're showing um, Giannis as number one. And then I think it's Mikhail number two, you know, yeah. up there to win the award. It's kind of crazy. So you just see the improvement on that. And of course, the last month, he's been playing absolutely nuts offensively. He's totally goofy now. Like, that's an improvement. He has his emotions on the court. He leads them on the court. And honestly, it's going to have to go to Cameron Johnson, though, just because of how he's he's been that guy off the bench. It's always always in between, right? Between him and Jay Crowder. When Jay Crowder's out, then he starts, which is good. But then you're like, oh, put Cam Johnson in the starting lineup. It's like, no, you know, he's fine where he is. He's He's improved this year more than I think anybody thought. So yeah, I'm definitely going with him for the Suns. Mm -hmm. um, so for the NBA, this is a tough one to swallow. This is a tough one. Don't you hate that one? It's tough to swallow. I think honestly, it's, it's going to be John Moran. It's he's just, he's going to win the award. Uh, before the season started, I think, who did I pick? Sorry. I think it was MPJ, you picked, Michael you Porter picked, Jr. Yes, you picked MPJ, and you gave honorable mentions to Trey Young and Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> the Porzingis one, I, I did. I have that in my notes, and I was like, mention Trey and him adjusting to the new role. Yes. Uh, what is that note? What does that even mean? What is that? I don't know what I was talking about there. Who was um, Matthew five months ago? He was off of his rocker. Yeah, it's going to be Jaw, just because, I mean, we'll talk about the MVP later, but... I think it's going to be John. He's just the leap he made, and especially with the way that team's playing, it's going to be him. Okay, uh, fair enough. And I almost put him in for my midseason uh, NBA guy. I chose preseason Jarrett Jackson Jr. from the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, not a horrible pick in any yeah. uh, way, shape, or form. But I'm actually going to give my Mad Max Award hardware midseason to Darius Garland. I really think that you know this is not one of those ones you could have seen coming because a lot of things had to happen for Darius for this to occur you know the injury uh to Colin Sexton the injury to Ricky Rubio it's really provided him an opportunity to shine in Cleveland uh obviously mm -hmm. the addition of Evan Mobley the Jared Allen's performance the way that that team has built themselves together plus the growth of Darius Garland. I mean, year over year, he's playing absolutely fantastic. You know, a guy who, again, in his, he's in his third year, much akin to uh, Cameron Johnson. And he went from 12 points his rookie year to 17 points last year. And he's now at 20.3 20 points he's averaging in the 47 games that he's played this year. So uh, that's who gets my whatever the fuck award we're on thingy. <laughs> Mad Max Award. Mad Max Award. These are really <laughs> professional awards we yeah, do. It, so it is, thoughts yeah. on Garland. Really thought over. Oh, man. I, you know what? I was thinking about the Cavs today because when you go through these awards, like, you know, you take your time. You spend what? I spent 26 hours on mine and I really Me took too. a lot of time and notes. Three days. Three, Three days. days. 
three days. You did three days before, and you came up with Trey Young and Chris Tapps Porzingis. <laughs> That's so. a deep dive, though. That's a deep dive. <laughs> oh, I, I I love the Cavs, though. They can really go for any award really on here. Um, I just wish I could watch them more. I don't ever get to watch them. You know, I yeah. barely I've seen Darius Garland like once or twice. That's it. So it's a shame on me. Shame on you. The Matthews Dad Sixth Man of the Year Award. You know that last three? He looked around, he's gonna be like the new Devin Booker and find somebody. He like, man, fuck this. <laughs> so preseason, Matthew, for the Suns, for the sixth man of the year, you had Landry Shamit, and for the NBA. You had Tyrese Halliburton. How are you feeling now? And who do you pick midseason? I love, I love just you throwing these out there. The Shamit thing, of course. No, I had Shamit <laughs> and Cam. Did I not mention Cam Johnson? I must have mentioned him. Uh, you did, but you said man. you did, but you said it would not be Cam Johnson because he'll be starting by midseason. So he went. Oh wow, high. wow, that was close. Maybe. Uh, Shamit should have been the sixth man of the year. Um, should have. I mean, if, Sh- if Shamit was, if he was, then I think Cam Johnson probably would be starting because we'd have that firepower coming off the bench. Um, it's going to be Cameron Johnson because he's been on the bench most of the season. He's been playing awesome. I think we just talked about that. Halliburton, of course, I'm at to change that. It's going to be Tyler Hero, obviously. Um, he's been playing lights <laughs> out. He's <laughs> 46 games. I mean, what is he? He's shooting 37% from three, which is actually up from last year. Uh, 20, 20 points off the bench. Um, that Miami Heat team, man, they got a lot of these like hidden little award winners over there. So I'm giving it to him. The Halliburton thing, of course, didn't really work out. Um, he's starting now for the Pacers, so he's not even going to be a contender for that. Yep, that's that's correct. Uh, I went with Landry Shamit as well at the beginning of the season, so we were both misguided. And I got Landry Shamit another time on this on my list down here we so it's like up. man we were man i was super behind landry sham at the beginning of the season i wrote articles on bright side of the sun about him i was breaking down the analytics i'm like these are all the reasons why he's going to be successful and you know granted he has a, a hurt uh ankle right now but he sucked up to that so uh we're we're locks in step this one i got cam johnson and tyler hero uh patty mills was my nba pick preseason and he's had to get plenty of playing time with the uh, the Brooklyn Nets scene as they have the whole, you know, kerfuffle that's going on up there in Brooklyn. You know, Patty Mills this season uh, has played 48 or I'm sorry, 58 games and he started 41 of them. So it's like he hasn't had a chance to become a six man for, you know, <laughs> because he's always fucking playing. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely Tyler, Tyler Hero. He's the odds on favorite to win six man of the year as well. I think he's negative 1000. You know, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that is absolutely ridiculous. So, I mean, that one's already kind of locked up, and we still got a ton of games to go. So, uh, that's it for the Matthews Dad Award. On to the... The Bob Gunton Defensive Player of the Year Award. Put your trust in the Lord. Your ass belongs to me. So, Bob Gunton Defensive Player of the Year Award. Uh, At the beginning of the season, I said DeAndre Ayton. And... I was really hoping that he would make that defensive impact after we saw what he did in the postseason last year. Obviously, his playing time due to injury has been kind of diminished. I think it's easy to say that Mikael Bridges is the defensive player for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, For the NBA, I said Drew Holiday. Again, this is probably some post-NBA Finals hype because I was way wrong on that one. 
Uh, and I'm going to say Giannis. You know, right now, NBA's released. It's Giannis and, and Mikhail are at the top of the list, and that's who is on my list for both uh, Suns and NBA when it comes to the Bob Gunn Award. Yeah, I'm going to do Mikhail Bridges, and I'm doing Giannis too. I mean, I think Giannis is going to be like a runner-up to MVP this year. So I think as a secondary award or the runner-up award, they're going to give him Defensive Player of the Year. So those are my two picks too. Yeah, nothing too exciting there. Uh, no. But again, I think it's it's a good, you know, and, and people are saying in the chat, you know, uh, Fabio's Mikhail Easy, Parker Hines, Mikhail for Suns, and the NBA. I like that. Man, that would be great if he won. He has a chance. Player of the year. He does. You know, but at the end of the day, I think, like you said, because he doesn't win the MVP, because he's already won it twice, they'll give him the defensive player of the year because he's in that category. The Uncle Jesse Katsopoulos Award for the guy with the best hair. Have mercy. (laughs) Have mercy, Matthew. Have mercy. (laughs) So you picked for the Suns. (laughs) You picked Cameron Johnson with Booker being a close second. And for the NBA, yeah. you picked Zion. Does that even count because he's played zero games? I don't know. <laughs> Explain where your where your head was at then and where your head's at now. Oh, I can't remember what I was thinking about then. I, I looked at this list. I was like, none of this makes any sense. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, Zion, you, you can't. You only see him just walk into the locker room and he's just sitting there. So you can't really get a good look at his hair. Um, it's going to be Kelly Oubre, though, for me. I think I chose him like last year, too. Mm-hmm. Kelly's just always looking good with his hair uh, for the league-wise. Uh, for the Suns, it's going to be... This is tough, dude. I think I'm just going to go with Cameron Johnson just because he did get it short. He did cut it short. It doesn't look good. So he grew that fro back out, and it's looking a lot better. So I'm going to go with him. JaVale McGee, maybe a close second. Jay Crowder, maybe third. But I'm going to give it to Cam Johnson. He's winning all the awards tonight from me. He's just, I know, seriously. Man, I can't get enough it's, of him. It's a clean sweep by Cl- by Cam Johnson on Matthew's <laughs> Jammy Award card over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Preseason for the Suns, I said JaVale McGee. For the NBA, I said Gordon Hayward because I was a fan of his disconnected pompadour. Uh, what the fuck was I smoking back in October? I don't know. I might have been on a gummy. Um, for the NBA, I'm going right back to the to the to my steady answer, uh, and this is because of All Star Saturday Night. As shitty as it was, we got to see Jared Allen again, and seeing Jared Allen out there with that huge fro, it just it looks great. I you know I'm sitting there at Zips with my wife and my stepdaughter and, you know, the skills competitions on, I'm like, look at that guy's fro. You know, I'm like, I'm talking to everyone. Anyone I can like, it, just, yeah, it looks yeah. great. It looks fantastic. So I give it to him uh, for the Suns. I'm going to go with Tory Craig. And that's simply because I'm happy that his hair is back on the team. It's not hair. I thought I'd, I'd be rooting for again. And, you know, thank you, James <laughs> Jones for bringing back Tory Craig's hair. Uh, it's the most basic haircut haircut. And he throws a headband about around it, but you know what? That hair wasn't on the team at the beginning of the season for me to choose from, so that's why I'm choosing it now. Yeah, and his uh, his dress up too for the for the All Star game. The way he was dressed was very very um, Coles like, you know, JC Penney's like. So are you talking about Jared Allen? Too. Yeah, yeah. Jared Allen was great. He's like, what do you want me to do? Wear a five hundred dollar chain? Awesome, like, I'm, he, he, I love Jared Allen, man. It's like, ah, him. in another world, we would have him on our team, but we got Aiton and we got Javale, we got Bismack. And we got I want you to go in that bag and find my wallet. Which one is it? It's the one that says bad motherfucker. The Jules Winfield Bad Motherfucker Award for the guy you'd like most to have with you to fight in a back alley. All right, back alley brawling. Uh, 
I said Booker at the beginning of the season. I'm a, I'm still going with Devin Booker for the Suns. There's something sneaky about him. He's the guy who walks by. You don't know anything happens. All of a sudden, you got a knife in your rib, and you don't even. You're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's I like he's so, yeah. he, he's a, and he's he's accurate, <laughs> sneaky accurate. So he's gonna go for that kill shot. It's not like it's not like Landry Sham is stabbing you and he's going for your gut and he like hits you in your forearm. You're like, what the fuck was that, man? You know, so <laughs> what a jerk. Uh, <laughs> you're just an annoyance to me right now. No, accuracy matters when you're in a brawl. Uh, and I said Stephen Adams for the NBA, and I'm actually going to go with Nikola Jokic because the push he had on Markeith Morris has had Markeith Morris out for 49 games now. <laughs> Dude, it's like a car accident, right? Yeah. It's like, a car accident. It didn't look that I don't bad. Know why I'm cheering that. And because fuck Markeith Morris, that's why. That's why. Okay. That's why, God, I just, I feel like a bad person when I go to that level. But at the same time, like, whatever. <laughs> um, I just think it's funny because every now and then Markeith Morris will post up on the social media and he's just like, you know, but he hit, you see what he did to me? It's like, one, I don't think, like, he he pushed him. And I won't say he barely pushed him. Like, Jokic gave him a good shove. Yeah. Markeith Morris went to the ground. But it's like, he literally instigated it. You know, and, and I get it. You know, some people say, well, like, uh, uh, Nikolai Jokic had an aggressive box out. The, the play before, and that's what caused Markeith Morris to cheap shot him, which caused him to cheap shot him. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. an aggressive uh, an aggressive box out where you're throwing your elbow into the rib of somebody, like that's basketball. It happens all the time. But it's <laughs> literally, you know, the way that Markeith Morris came and then attacked Jokic, and then Jokic just tossed him. So uh, that's, who, that's who I would have for my bad motherfucker, Jules Verne Award. Read some of the ones of some of the the Jamsters responses, because these are actually really good. Yeah, they are good. Actually, Fabio Dazaski, uh, he says, uh, Monty, you can talk his way out of any fight, that's which is great, actually, that's, that's perfect, response. man. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, Fabio actually said, that's why uh, Jokic, is the, Jokic is the MVP. Um, but yeah, there's always the Jay Crowder, Perkin Hines, yes. easy, Crowder, easy Crowder, and NBA is Joker. Uh, Detonable says, uh, James Johnson. That's always yes. one we bring up, too. Yes, yeah, MMA fighter. Yeah. You gotta watch out for that guy. So Matthew, at the beginning of the season, you said JaVale because he's a Capricorn at heart, and Alex Caruso. <laughs> Who now? That? That's what okay. you said. Well, I'm gonna go with Booker too, just because of his response to Draymond Green at the at the All-Star game when Draymond's like the Suns win in the West. You kidding? You're gonna ask Devin Booker that? You know what he really wants to say, but the way he talked himself out of that. Just makes me think like he's one step ahead of everybody, yeah. man. So that's scary, dude. And uh for the NBA, I'm actually gonna go Desmond Bain again, dude. That guy's arms are like tanks. I've never seen an NBA player with those arms unless you're making a my player on 2K to where you can ramp it up a little bit. It's insane. So I'm gonna choose him on that, even though he looks a little bit like a sweet guy, you know, he's like he looks a little young, a little baby face, but I'm sure that guy can use those arms and put somebody out, right? What is this recent Desmond Bain obsession? I never saw this coming, I, map, dude, dude, he's awesome. Him and Ja are just, I i think they're great. They they feed off of one another, and he's hes a guy, dude, he's very serious. He's, a, he's like a Chris Paul on the court where he's very serious, like don't joke around because Ja sometimes will go up to him and like, hey, hey, yeah, great play. And then he'll be like, no, 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 next play, dude. We're still playing defense right now. Like you see that on his face. That's what I like about him. He's like, if we were in a back alley, I would use these guns to whoop some ass. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yes. um, yeah. Parker Hines says Stephen Adams, honorable mention. That's who I had uh, at preseason. 
Denable says Bane's dad was a T-Rex. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Because his shorter arms, yeah. It, Ish Wayne, right? Yeah. He looks like somebody okay. who could whoop some ass as well. So, I mean, all valid, valid nominations mm-hmm. for the Jules Bad Motherfucker Award. The Surprise the Fuck Out of You Award. Here's Johnny. For the guy who surprised the fuck out of you. All right, Matthew, preseason, you said DeAndre Ayton and Tyler Hero. Have they both surprised the fuck out of you to your expectations? Oh, well, Tyler you, Hero. You're giving out well, different hardware. <clears throat> no, I'm going to stick with Tyler Hero. I think he's surprised a lot of people this year, and he's going to be a six-man-a-year award winner. Um, so I'll stick with that. We already talked about him. And uh, DeAndre Ayton, you know, if he was just healthy, <clears throat> excuse me, if he was just healthy, I really think that he could have surprised a lot of us because of how consistent he was playing. I think he's only had like two games where we're just like, what the hell? And we actually, <laughs> we stuck it to him on those two podcasts. After, we like, always do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then other than that, he's been playing really consistent. He's been putting up the stats. Um, defensively, he's always there. He's kind of getting up for the games. He didn't think he would get up for. Um, so I guess I'm kind of surprised with that, but I think it has to be overall sham it. Just surprise at how terrible this is this year. There you go. Him. That's a good answer, man. I didn't the way to reverse it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because for me, it was uh, Cam Johnson and Cade Cunningham were my nominees at the beginning of the year. I changed that to JaVale because he really has surprised me with the way that he's transformed that second team. So I'm thinking positive. Of course, you went to Landry, so you negative son of a bitch. Um, my, careful, you're chugging that wine over there. I don't want you to get you know red <clears> stuff <throat> all, over the, all over your microphone and all over the camera. Um, my surprise the fuck out of me award for the midseason jammy goes to the Sacramento Kings for trading Halliburton. That's the one thing I think this year that has truly just surprised the fuck out of me. I did not see that coming in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of things that I probably didn't see coming, but Halliburton, especially after seeing the way that this city, and you know, again, I'm I'm in the suburbs of Sacramento right now, seeing the way that they love this guy, and they just fucking just straight up just traded (laughs) the favorite player of the team. You know, that's like, imagine in year three of Booker, where the only bright spot you had is Booker, or year two of Booker. Is it two or three? Yeah, it's two now. Year two of Booker. The Suns just trading him when they all yeah. thought we all thought he was untouchable. I mean, that's that, that surprised the fuck out of me. So that that's who I give it up to. Really quick on the Halliburton thing. Did yep. you see Monty his comments about uh-huh. Halliburton? How he yeah, it was a press conference in the All-Star game. And I think he was following, I forget which which part of the night, but he would they were talking about Halliburton, and he's like, Yeah, this is a guy that uh I did we wanted that. to go get, but we couldn't get. And it's just like, yes. okay, so there's obviously something there where Halliburton just did not want to come to Phoenix. So, you know, we've been getting shit for so long about the Suns not choosing Halliburton. And basically, I guess it was Halliburton not wanting to come here to play. That's what it seemed yes. like. Yes. Well, and I remember around the draft, you know, Halliburton only worked out for about three or four teams. And you, he, he knew he was going to be a guy who was going to be a, you know, mid-level lottery pick. But he only wanted to go to a few places, so he didn't make himself available for the Phoenix Suns to even work out. That was that, that was no knowledge. No one ever goes back and remembers the fact that the Suns didn't even get a chance to work him out because he didn't want a chance to work out with us. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go to the Kings, and then he he put out that long statement after the Kings traded him, how heartbroken he was because they traded him because you know again this is where he wanted to be for some reason. I don't know why. Sacramento. He wanted to start his own franchise. He wanted to be like a Booker. He wanted to yes. start his own franchise. Build it from there. So it makes yes. sense. But of course, you wouldn't want to bring that into this franchise. The of course. Suns. 
Yeah, why sometime. would you want to be bringing somebody? It's like bringing Eric Bledsoe. He don't want to be here. So, yeah. uh, n- next award, the beer crack. <laughs> favorite player award. So, favorite player award, Matthew. The beginning of the season, you said Booker. You also said for the NBA, KD. Uh, you said Embiid, you want him to win the uh, the MVP. And you gave some love to Paul George. I did, yeah. So are you still in the same <laughs> headspace? Um, well, Durant <clears throat> can't go there. Uh, favorite player, it's going to be well, Cameron Johnson. I just I had to give it to him. I'm sorry. He's just You go to the games, you see the guy on the court, you can't take your eyes off of Cameron Johnson. You're sitting in the lower <laughs> bowl. It's the best thing to watch on the court. You take someone that doesn't even know basketball and they love Cameron Johnson. So he's my favorite player. Just write it down for every answer for Matthew. Cameron Johnson, Cameron, <laughs> Cameron, Cameron Johnson, Johnson, Cameron Johnson. But Devin Booker too. Um, yeah, I mean, best player. I haven't watched a whole lot of Embiid this year. Um, I'm, of course, going to go probably with John Morant. But also, I'm just all over the place. I'm actually probably going to give it to like, I'm going to give it to Ja. I'll just stop there. I don't want to bring up okay. the name, but I'll give it to Ja. No, now I'm intrigued. Bring up I would, I put I put down Giannis. I just think Giannis, after watching the course All Star break and how hard he plays, you kind of forget. And this is probably going to offend everybody. You kind of forget that he's a guy that beat the Suns last year. Is that weird? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I just I I kind of forget that sometimes watching him play. I'm just like he's fun to watch. And if there's one guy to beat the Suns in the finals, he's probably the one guy. So it's it, it's funny because... out of a million. We both had Booker and KD at the beginning of the season, both of us. Uh, you've now reverted to Cam Johnson and Ja Morant. Uh, for me, it's still Book. Uh, what I actually said at the beginning of the season is I said it's Book, but Sham, but Shamit has me hot and bothered. Little did I know that I'd be hot and bothered in different ways by Landry Shamit uh, by the time that the All-Star break rolled around. Uh, but I changed mine from KD, be honest. And I thought about this. I thought about this is probably the award I thought long and hard about. I go, listen, I don't watch a lot of basketball outside of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I, I do watch whatever I can. I do, but more, I find myself, especially as a Suns fan, hate watching a lot of teams, right? Like, cause mm. they shove the Lakers down your throat and you hate them. And you know, they, they got the warriors and the, the warriors, like, yeah, they're fun to watch, but like, I just, I don't like them. They're, they're, they're the enemy this year. Like they're the threat in the Western conference. And I, obviously I met Giannis a couple weeks ago. And I think of watching him play, how unstoppable he is, and how whenever you watch him play, it's one of the reasons I always liked KD. And I still like KD. It's just that he's always he's always freaking injured. But when you watch those guys play, you feel like you're watching something special. And then I had the same exact thought you had, Matthew. It's like I'm choosing the guy who beat the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals. Is that weird? And then I think to back to the last time the Suns lost in the NBA Finals. Who did they lose to? Michael Jordan. My all-time favorite player, Michael Jordan. So, as much as it hurts to have the NBA or to have the Phoenix Suns lose the Finals twice in my lifetime, both times they've come to players that I actually really enjoy watching play. It's different if you go and you lose. It, it's like with the Arizona Cardinals. I hate the Steelers. I can't stand Ben Roethlisberger. Santonio Holmes only had one foot down. I hate Santonio Holmes. Can't stand the whole organization. 
it's different in basketball for me. The sport that I love the most, that I've hurt the most for, that I've had some of the biggest heartbreak, when they finally get to a chance to win it all, they were defeated twice by two players that I thoroughly enjoy watching play. And that's just weird. And I know it's probably weird. I know anybody who's listening to this podcast, if I ask them right now to subscribe, rate, and review, they'd probably be like, fuck you, Voida. And if I ask you while you're watching, hit the thumbs up button right now, you're like, oh, I'm going to give you a thumbs down. And I get it. But at the same time, like that's just that's my basketball truth, if you will. Yeah. And I love watching Giannis play. Uh, so he gets my beer crack award for my favorite player who is not a member of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, it's tough, dude, but I agree with you. Even on the skills challenge, like he goes hard, dude. It's hard not to root for that guy that's just like Chris Paul. So Yeah, exactly. And, and and Parker says it in the chat too. It's hard not to hate on Giannis. You know, mm -hmm. his whole story, everything about him uh is just it's positive, you know, and it's I, I should hate him for what we yeah. experienced last year, but I don't. And you know, maybe maybe this is what I have to live with. The Big Dick Book Award. All right, this is the big one. The Big Dick Book Award, a.k.a. the MVP Award. I chose Devin Booker at the beginning of the season to be the MVP for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I'm going to stick with Devin Booker, especially considering what lies ahead. And for the, for the NBA, I said Trey Young would win the MVP, and I'm picking Embiid <laughs> to win the MVP. Okay. You had Booker and John ja Morant. Are you sticking with those two answers? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to stick with Booker for sure. I think John ja Morant should really get another look. The only thing that sucks is he was out for the 12 games and they went 10 and two without him. So that definitely hurts him a lot. If they were to go like maybe 500 or less than 500, then he has a better chance. I don't think anybody out in the East should win this. I know Embiid, it's his time to win it. But I just don't think the record-wise and all that, like the West is just so much better. I think you really have to look hard at the Suns team. I disagree. Oh, really? This is, okay. a, good, this is a good conversation. Sorry, so continue. No, it's okay. You have to look hard, of course, with Devin Booker. So I'm going to choose him. I might. I just put 25 bucks on him to win the MVP for this year. So let's go. 25 bucks to win $400, dude. FanDuel. Wow. My second bet I've ever made. So I'm actually... <sighs> I'm all for it. I'm ready. You know, this team, uh, Booker even said in his press conference, like, you know, uh, Chris Paul will come back when the games matter. So you can tell they're already kind of getting bored of the season. So let's make it interesting. Let's win the MVP. Um, but I want to, yeah, what's your take? Like, so I know the records are kind of like sucky out in the East. You know, I think the Memphis Grizzlies third in the West would be number one out in the East. So, I mean, I just think you have to look at these teams. And I, even like someone brought up earlier with Draymond Green, how he's been out and that Warriors team cannot play without that dude. So that's an MVP too candidate for me. But what do you think yeah, about Well, I, I think, well, I'll start with the fact that, you know, Embiid is my MVP because of the way that he's playing. I mean, he just, he's absolutely dominating the game. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you said, okay, the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies, who are currently 41 and 19, they would be the number one seed in the East. And that's a valid point. But I think if you go down, if you look at the, the ninth seed, or let's just go the eighth seed, the eighth seed in the Western Conference are, is the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, it's the Brooklyn Nets in the East. I feel like from top to bottom. So let's just say that the play in game after everything's said and done, the seven and eight seed in both conferences make it uh, through the play in games. All right. That means in the Eastern conference, the heat would have to play the nets. That's a fucking series. The bulls would have to play the Raptors. That's a series, the Sixers and the Celtics. That's a series And the Cavs and the bucks. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Every one of those series sounds scary. In the Western Conference, it'd be the Suns versus the Clippers. That could be scary. Golden State versus the Timberwolves. Meh. The Grizzlies and the Nuggets. Meh. The Jazz and the Mavericks. I just, I think that after Man. all of, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, like, I think yeah. that from top to bottom, the Eastern <clears throat> Conference is more competitive. That's why their records aren't as good as out in the West. In the West, you have Phoenix Suns, and then you've got, like, Golden State and Memphis in Tier 2, and then you have this big Tier 3, whereas the, the, the Tier 1 and 2 separated in the Eastern Conference is a lot closer, and they're beating up on each other right now because they are that good. There's no clear-cut favorite, and I think for that reason, it's a more competitive conference. And again, when the playoffs come around and those rounds are going around, like, I will not watch the Timberwolves and the Warriors. I won't watch that series, but I'll tell you what, like, I'll watch the Bulls and the Raptors. And that's those are both two seven matchups. Yeah, that's, that's the way I kind of consider. No, that's it perfect. And, and, and I love think. that. So I love that, dude. Honestly, yeah, you're right. I mean, even if you throw in the Hornets there that are nine, and then yeah. ten of the Hawks. So yeah, yeah it makes versus, sense. It, it versus really the Lakers does. and the Blazers at nine and ten in the Western Conference, and I we both think and we both think of those teams as garbage. Yeah, and I think there's just so many injuries this year to start players too. And the way that I look at it is just like who has who's winning the most games this year. And I just go off of that really, but I think I didn't really even think about the East and how really competitive it is out there. Even though when the nets are missing like Kyrie, most of the games and stuff like that. And then of course the Celtics are like, Oh, they won six games in a row or something stupid like that. Now they're going to be NBA champions. Like, I don't know, man, <clears throat> but yeah, I think Embiid's going to be the winner. I just, really I think so think, too. I think he's going to, cause it's, he was supposed to win it last year. He got hurt. So he just yep. has to make it through at least 20 more games, at least 20, just take a rest and 20 games. Th- Don't even and, go that hard. And I get the narrative that James Harden is going to be inserted into that lineup. So it might take away from his overall production and numbers. But I think what that does is that that allows him to throttle down a little bit and, and keep, keep himself healthy. He doesn't have to carry the team anymore. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I think that Embiid will win it. Uh, and who'd you say for yours? I got to make sure I'm, I'm like writing, I'm updating my notes as we go. Oh, Still for real? No, no, no. It's going to be Embiid. Embiid's my okay. pick. And then uh, just because of the 12-game the thing with Jaw, that sucks. That just ruined yeah, the whole thing. True. Otherwise, dude, like the Memphis Grizzlies are ninth seed last year. Now they're going to be a top three seed in the West. Yes. Like that's, they're dangerous, he, man. I know. No one else is like JJJ improved. Desmond Bain's on the team. I just, there's no one else on there that's an all-star. So it, it's um, got to drive the the east coast the least coast media crazy because two of the top three teams in the nba are the suns and the the grizzlies you know they're like oh the warriors and they're like oh yeah the warriors and like you know they're like, oh the lakers <laughs> yeah. suck we'll just spend time talking about that meanwhile you know the, the know. two best record two of the best three records in phoenix and memphis take that nba um i asked some questions uh during the preseason jammies uh mm-hmm. and i just want to kind of bring up those questions and what our responses were to see how right or wrong we were uh this one's still out there will the suns have any all nba players i said devin booker will make an all nba team he will be on the third team you said booker would be on the second team cp3 would be on the third team so be interesting i think that you're closer to being Mm -hmm. right than i am i think cp3 still makes it even if he's out and only comes back for like another week maybe for the season i think that qualifies him right i don't know i don't know that's 20 games maybe it's a big chunk. I think it might take him yeah. out. I think it might take him out. Okay, uh, but Booker I'll, I'll, at least is second team. Yeah, and I gave yeah. him third, and I can definitely see that happen. But yeah, he could he could earn second, especially with the run he's about to go on. Uh, all defensive team, 
I said Aiton and Bridges both on the second team. You didn't give me a team, but you just said Aiton and Bridges both would make the all-defensive team, either of the first or the second. So do you still feel comfortable with that, or can we both agree that it's just Mikhail Bridges is going to make just Bridges? Team? Yeah, it's just Bridges. I think, uh, yeah, for sure. Yep, same thing. Injuries. Injuries. Yeah. Uh, all-stars, we both said just Devin Booker would be an all-star. We were both mm-hmm. wrong. Um, so, th- so this is kind of a fun one uh, that I asked, you know, because we we got excited during the preseason. He took a couple shots. Uh, how many three point attempts will Da take this season? Thus far, through the All Star break, if I look at the totals on his Basketball Reference page, he has taken a total of nine. Matthew, your answer was ninety four. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of shooting to do in these last 24 games of CP3 out, I guess. I Now, 94. granted, I said 60, but I said he would shoot 22%. So um, he's got a ways to go for me as well, but he's shooting 22% from deep. He's two for nine this season. So we were both wrong, oh, clearly wow, wrong okay. on that. <laughs> uh, we both agreed on the final record for the Phoenix Suns being 56 and 26. Uh that would essentially mean that for the remainder of this season, the Phoenix Suns would have to go eight and sixteen for us to be correct. Oh my god! Isn't that it crazy? Might, it, it might happen. We'll have a lot of sh- we'll have a lot of shitty pods if that happens. Um, how many <laughs> times will we reference the DeAndre Ayton contract on our podcast? We both said over a hundred, and I think it's safe to say we haven't mentioned it too much. Over yeah, over a hundred. That's a lot, dude. I well, mean, we talked about we it. we literally recorded our preseason jammies like right after all the extensions happened, and oh. DA wasn't granted an extension. Yeah. So I can get our bias. I feel like we talked about, of course, we talked about DA, but the contract thing, I think maybe twenty times. I feel like we probably mentioned it twenty because we talk about Shaman and his maybe twenty times. We at least talk about PA, right? Yeah, I think you're right. So there's still some time to go, but I don't think that we're gonna hit a hundred. <laughs> Um, what seed will the Phoenix Suns be? We both said number one. I, I believe that they're going to hold on to that number one spot. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, for sure. I really do. It's going to be easy schedule coming up. If we don't, we have to play the fucking Grizzlies in the second round. Um, (laughs) uh, does Booker surpass Tom Chambers franchise record of 27.2 points per game averaged over an entire season? We both said no. Devin Booker's currently at 25.5 points per game. So, you know, if my math works correctly, he just has to average an additional 1.7 points. Uh, Obviously, you have to extrapolate that over a number of games. In fact, I'll probably end up doing the math and putting out a piece for a bright side. Ooh, I just came up with a new bright side. Every every time I do this, though, I I think I did this last year where I was like, Here's how many points Devin Booker needs to, to average over the last X amount of games to break TC's <laughs> record. And everybody on brightside.com is just like, I don't give a shit. We just want to win the child title. Who cares? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know, man, I, I thought it was kind of a good yeah, topic. We just want a title. <laughs> but, but do you think that he goes forth and now, knowing that CP3 is out, puts forth the correct scoring output to ultimately surpass Tom Chambers' record? I don't, I don't. And I think it's going to be smart for him not to try to do it. I mean, it's not like he's thinking about doing no. it, but now that he's probably watched the pot, he's like, maybe it's a good idea. I think he'll average like 26 going out. I think he'll be in the 25 to 26 range. Same stats, right. 
He'll be efficient. Uh, maybe the assists will go up a little bit more, but I think he'll be efficient with the shooting. He's not going to force stuff. I already know they probably talked about that shit where he's going to be, you know, more of a team player still, and it's not going to be him adding points up every night just to get the victory or try to go out there and win it himself. That's not the way it mm-hmm. is anymore. No, it's not. And I, I think that you're right. I mean, he will score. He was. He's going to have a bunch of thirty point games in these last twenty four games. That th- those. That yeah. is the facts. Right. But I don't think he's going to jump to the point where he's dropping 45 every night and moving the needle enough to where he can score 27.2. Uh, I just think that, you know, he's going to do what he needs to do to assist this team in winning. And uh, I'm excited to see it. I really wish yeah. that he somebody would finally finally do it. Uh, do you think Evan Booker will ever acknowledge the fact that we have a, an award called the Big Dick Book Award? And every time we play his drop on the podcast, it's him to the Big Dick Booker. Or you think he just doesn't care? How, no, how awkward would that be, though, To if we ever get to the point where we're interviewing players or where we actually have an award that we bring out and hand to him? You know, it's it reminds me of, like, a no-dunks thing, like, where they're, they used to always be uh, just in a wiener. sessions. And I, yeah, I mean, I don't think we would be able to do that, but I think he would be offended, you think? Oh, think yes. He keeps, he keeps that private. He doesn't want people to know He would about stab that. us. He would stab us. Yeah, I don't, yeah, you would not like that. So we'll keep and it here. The last, the, the last thing that I asked on the preseason Jammy Awards, as we wrap up the Jammy, the midseason Jammy Awards on this podcast, uh, what is your hot take in the NBA for this season? Uh, I said the love affair with Zion fizzles as he won't be healthy all year. Hmm. I think I was kind of right with that one. Matthew, you said Porzingis would be traded. Let's go. Let's be my Porzingis trade. You called the Porzingis trade. You said Dallas won't be as successful as everybody thinks they should be, and that ultimately it would lead to a Porzingis trade. You nailed it. And I, what did I choose him? What other award, though, did I choose him for this year? Or it was in the beginning. Um, You you gave him an honorable mention for the Mad Max award. Most improved okay. player. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know I said that. So wow. thank you for keeping so, track of that. So, Nostradamus, are there any other hot takes that you want to put out there uh, for your midseason jammy predictions? Okay. Um. Yeah. This is actually going to probably suck, but I think this is actually going to happen. Um. Depending on how the seeds work out. So I think if the Suns finish one and let's see, the Mavericks can move up. I really think the Mavericks are going to be really fucking hard to. I think I don't want to say this, but this is what I'm just thinking. I just I think they're going to be really good in the playoffs, really hard to beat. I think Luca's going to go up another notch. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have things kind of flowing with that offense, and I think they're going to be a tough out. I think they'll make it to round two against the Suns, or else if they have to, they'll be in the Western Conference Finals. So that's my that would be that's my pick. Great. That's my pick. I think they're going to go. They're not going to beat the Suns. I just think they're going to be in the Suns' way. It's going to be a really tough outing for the Suns. I like it. I like that pick. I think it's definitely plausible. I mean, Dallas does look good. Uh, I I think they're definitely beatable, though. Luke can do all he wants. He still can't play defense. Um, my hot take for the remainder of the season also has to do with the playoffs. And mine is that the Brooklyn Nets will not survive the play-in games. I don't think that they have enough time left in the season to get right. I think that they're trying. I mean, they picked up Goran Dragic the other day. They're they're trying to just add pieces, but you know, again, up oh, there you go. Parker Hines says hot take. If Brooklyn loses in the first or second round, Nash will be fired. That's a good hot take too. I don't think they're going to mm-hmm. make it to the first or second round. I really don't. They're trying to generate something 
But again, what has made the Phoenix Suns successful? What is making the Bulls successful, the Heat successful, the Golden State Warriors successful? It's all chemistry. Every one of those teams has chemistry. The Brooklyn Nets don't have chemistry. They're going to – you still have KD out for X amount of games. You have Kyrie not having the ability to play in half of the games remaining. And you're going to be trying to institute into your offense Ben Simmons, who hasn't played in over a year. And anytime he goes on the road, he is going to hear it. Trust me. Mm-hmm. If they've got a game in Atlanta, they're going to light him up. You know, and, and yeah. I don't know. I don't, just don't know if he can take it mentally. So, I mean, we'll see. So that's my hot take for the remainder of the season. So I like that. And just really quick on top of that, a lot of these Please. teams that are just trying to like get it together by the end of the season and like, oh, we'll we'll figure it out. But when has that ever happened? Like when has a team ever like just pulled it out of their ass at the end of the like at the end of the season to win a championship? It's never happened. It, it really hasn't unless someone can make it can tell me now because honestly, even when LeBron won it in the bubble, like that was kind of weird because it was the bubble and everyone was just really depressed in there. But then <laughs> Like I was just thinking, even the Milwaukee Bucks when they beat the Suns, like they were like the same team. They had they added Drew Holiday, but they were like the same for like three or four years. They could never win it, and yeah. then they finally won it. You know what I mean? It takes time for these teams to do that. And I like how LeBron and like KD they think it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be all right as soon as they're together. They can beat anybody. It might be true, but I don't think it's ever really happened. Well, you, you even go back to the Miami Heat that first year, and they yes. lost. They, I mean, they yeah. made it to the finals, but they lost to the Dallas Mavericks, a team that had been together for a long time and had learned how to win together. It it's not something that you plug in at in the middle of a season and all of a sudden it just works, right? If mm-hmm. it does happen, it takes yeah, the 2001 Lakers. They won three what? consecutive they won three consecutive NBA championships. I don't know what that means. Um again to your point like there's no team that I mean the Suns were a great example of it last year. Mm-hmm. You had a Chris Paul and all of a sudden this team went from nothing to the finals. We could have been that exception. Uh, but the majority of teams you go back, I, I mean, maybe the Toronto Raptors when they added Kawhi Leonard, you know, but again, those are yeah. all, those are all teams that did so at the beginning of the season. That's yeah. why I say with like the Nets, even with uh, uh, Philly, I mean, you're making this transaction mid season, you're adding a huge piece and yeah, it's a phenomenal talent. And all of a sudden now he wants to play again, but again, like it, it changes the dynamic of a team that's been successful. So It'll be interesting to see. And that's what, again, makes basketball fun. And it makes doing these podcasts fun is, is analyzing these things. And then only having mm-hmm. Matthew be right about the Porzingis trade. But I was right that's about it. Zion, too. So. Hey, I was almost right with John Moran. I was almost. Almost, almost that man. Yeah. That would have been, yeah. been two, in a, two in a row. Yep. Yeah, because you got it last year, too, with the with the mm-hmm. Joker. So uh, I think that's it for this edition of the Midseason Jammies on the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you happen to be watching along live or you're watching this a little bit later on our YouTube channel, please hit the thumbs up button as well. Uh, let us know in the chat who you think you want to give out your your jammies to we'll obviously be doing this at the end of the year uh, and then we'll see you thursday night the phoenix suns are going to be playing their first game post chris paul's injury so we'll definitely be talking about that as well as some of other transactions that happened like today javon carter became a buck mm, right. <laughs> say it ain't so <laughs> my love is all right anyways uh follow me on twitter at darth voida follow the show at suns jam and follow matthew See you Thursday, folks. I love your family.